So I haven't been on my podcast in a while and I checked it for the first time today in a long time and saw that my podcast hit a thousand listens, which is amazing for me anyway, especially since I never thought this podcast would go anywhere. And I honestly never thought that it would even be heard this much at all. Um, So to know that it has like a thousand plays is, for me, that's like another milestone to celebrate. But um, it's been hard. It's been hard to come back to this podcast knowing that all I have right now for people is pain. All I have for my listeners is pain and struggle and turmoil and I just haven't been in a good place mentally and I know that that's why I started this podcast I know that the whole reason why I did this in the first place was to have unique conversations real conversations to talk about the things that people normally don't talk about and and to talk about them in a way that felt safe Um, one of the things that I've always needed in my life, or like two of the things that I should say that I've always needed in my life are safety and security. And they matter so much to me. Like there, I remember there was an episode that I recorded where I talked about like the foundations and the pillars. And to me, One of the things that make me feel good at my core is a sense of safety and security and like stability. And, and I feel like all of those things come with, with love and they come with trust, you know, like, so when people talk about love and trust, yeah, those are great statements, but what does that look like for you? Right? Like what, what can a person do? Or what do you need somebody to do to show that they love you, right? Like what actions would it take? Would it take or what words would it take for that person to show you that they love you? What does love look like to you? And for me, one of the things is, again, that sense of safety. Like I have anxiety and I've talked about this too a ton of times that one of my favorite shows is Teen Wolf and they talk about like the anchor, right? The anchor is what brings you back to humanity when you feel like a monster, you know, or when you like, um, when you're in chaos, right? Like when, when they shift into, into werewolves on the full moon, like everything is all reactive right like they're reacting to the power of the full moon to the energy of the full moon to the pull back to the natural human instinct um or their nature and it was actually said in another episode by um satomi who was like the alpha of another pack and she said that we all eventually fall back to our nature, you know, like, and, and like Teen Wolf has so many hidden messages, right? Like they they talk about falling back to, you know, like the primitive in us, which is the instinct to survive, right? 
like that's why they also talk about fight uh fight or flight when it comes to how we live in this world a lot of people under pressure or in pressure situations go into fight or flight mode that is how they are trained to survive so when they talk about falling back to those things we're talking about falling back to basic survival instincts right what do we need to do to survive and for werewolves that's hunt right they hunt they prey they're predators and so again it's like one of the smaller running themes throughout the show that the anchor is what brings you back to humanity the anchor is what brings you out of that need to survive and it brings you to safety and security so it brings you out of fight or flight and it brings you into safety it brings you into comfort it like it regulates you almost and I talk about all of this because again where I'm at right now I lack safety and security my anxiety has gotten to the point where I don't feel those things anymore. And every single day, I'm struggling to survive. And I want to take a moment right now to put a disclaimer out there that this is a very sensitive topic. This is a topic about mental health and suicide. This is a topic about anxiety and depression. So when I say that I am in survival mode, I truly mean that I am in survival mode. I just spent an hour on talking to someone on a hotline because right now I feel like I don't have the support that I need. I tried to call a couple of family members and they did not pick up the phone. And so what people don't understand, and I'm going to explain this because I, the conversation that I had with this person, whoever she is, God, I can't thank her enough tonight. I, tr- I, I truly cannot thank her enough for tonight because she just saved my life. She helped me to at least survive the night. She made it to where I will go to sleep instead of doing something different or making a different choice. Um, Because the choice that I was going to make was very different. And I'll just say that. Um... So I almost didn't call because I have called hotlines before and I I felt so bad because I didn't start the conversation of, oh, I'm having thoughts or I'm having suicidal thoughts. I started the conversation with, I don't even know why I'm doing this because I don't think this is work. This will work and I've had a terrible experience with these hotlines, but I'm hoping that this time it will be different. And I started telling her about, my past experiences and how when I've called 
people hit me with the typical of, oh, you deserve better, or, oh, you'll be okay, or, oh, things aren't as bad as they seem, and I'm like, are you kidding? Um, you don't know what my brain is like, first of all. You don't know what I've been thinking, and you can't say that. You are not me. You don't know how bad things are. You don't know that things are, are going to get better. Like, I am in a moment of uncertainty, and all you're trying to do is coddle the situation, and you're not actually providing true assistance to the scenario. So, I was telling her about these things and how, like, that's one of the, like, first things that I hate, and she was just like, I'm not here to do that. She's like, I'm here to listen, so, like, you know... And she was like, but I get it. She's like, I get what you're saying because people do do that. They do say those things like, oh, it will get better. And she was like, but for you right now, you don't see a better. She was like, I totally understand that right now you're struggling. You're struggling to see like that it will that it will get better because to you, it doesn't feel like it's going to. She's like, to you, it feels terrible. And she's like, and people don't understand that. And she's like, but I do. And so I was telling her that. One of the things I hate is hearing that. And another thing that bothers me is when people tell you, like, oh, you're too old for this. Or, oh, like, why are you having these thoughts at your age? Like, Robin Williams died in his 50s. Kate Spade died in her 50s. There is no age appropriate like there is no age appropriateness when it comes to this thing like when it comes to suicide it doesn't matter and then I was you know telling her like you know someone has said oh it's ridiculous that you self-mutilate you're like 35 years old why are you going through that like why do you like self-harm and I'm like can I ask you something and and I didn't say this to her, and, but, like, this is, like, my thoughts when people say these things to me. And I'm like, do you think that those who have passed from suicide just woke up one day and said, I'm just going to leave this earth today? Do you think that they just woke up one morning or decided at some random point throughout the day, like, okay, yeah, I'm just going to end it. I don't want to be on this earth anymore. I can guarantee you they cried for help. I can guarantee you they showed signs of something. I can guarantee you they mentioned it or talked about it or said, I don't feel right anymore. I don't want to be here anymore. I don't see the point anymore. I can guarantee you that even if they didn't say those things, they said something to show that they were struggling Maybe they said, oh, there's no point in doing that next design. Or maybe they said, you know what? I don't feel good about today. Like, I'm having a bad day. And nobody thought to ask them, well, what's wrong? Why do you feel so bad today? And I said, do you think that these people didn't self-harm in some way? Whether it was, like, with alcoholism or... Or some sort of like, you know, again, like maybe they, they hid their pain through alcohol. Maybe they hid 
they hid their pain through like other like habits that people seem you know people label as normal coping mechanisms but they're not who knows how many times those people were seen with a drink and it was thought to be normal when that could have been their fifth sixth or seventh or when they could be a whole wine bottle in and they're like oh they're just having a good time or maybe they're just trying to drown their pain. Which leads me to my next point and my next favorite quote unquote line. Oh, think about what it would do to your loved ones. Think about what it would do to your family and friends. Like, think about like how others would feel if you left. We do think about that. That is the problem. That is the point. That is what makes it worse, is that we do think about that. I do think about my family's pain. And I do think about what would happen if they found out I was gone. And then I think about the fact that they now know that I am in so much pain that they feel like they have to either like watch me or safeguard me or worry about me. And so now I worry about the fact that I caused them pain because now they're worried and now they're scared and now they're afraid and they're sad because someone they love is hurting. And so the thought goes from I just want to end my pain to now I want to end theirs. And the way to end their pain is to end mine. And it becomes this vicious cycle of like, you hate seeing the people you love in pain. And it's because they're watching you hurt and struggle and go through these things. So you just think, well, there's one thing I can control. I can control me, I can control my life, I can control my decisions, and if I choose to end my life, or if I choose to end my pain, I end everybody else's. I, uh, I once had the thoughts of, again, doing it going through with it and um I remember telling someone that this was what I wanted to do and thinking or you know they were trying to get me to not do it and they were like saying no don't do it don't do it like I don't know why you're thinking that way like I'm going to call the cops or I'm going to call in a wellness check or I'm going to do this, that, and the other thing. And I kept thinking to myself, they don't care about what happens to me. They only care about finding the body. They only care about the embarrassment that would come with finding the body and having to explain that they were the ones that found me and having to share with the world that I was no longer here. I truly felt in that moment that the person didn't care about me. They didn't care about making sure that I was safe and making sure 
that I was okay. I think that they cared more about how it would look on them. That I did it, you know, like, that that I did it and I called them last. Or that I did it, you know, in a place that was familiar to both of us. Or that I did it in a place where they would find me. Where I knew that they would find me, you know. And I And I remember thinking to myself... They don't care if I'm safe or not. They just care about their image. And sometimes I still have those thoughts. And and sometimes I still feel that way. Sometimes I feel like nobody cares about my safety. And another thing that I said to this this woman, I, I wish I got her name, but I know a lot of the times these hotlines are private, so they, they don't share their names. They don't ask us for hours. Um, you know, another thing that I said to her was, oh, I lost my train of thought. Jesus Christ. That's part of my anxiety. When you're like, sorry, when you have like deep rooted anxiety, like I do, you lose your train of thought. Um, what was I saying? I was talking about, like, I feel like that person would just be thinking about how it would look on them if they found me. I really can't remember what I was going to say next of the things that I was talking about with her. Um, wow, I'm totally blanking. It's not easy. It's so hard. Because again. We're thinking. We're not thinking about. Just. You know like. Ending everything. You know. What people don't understand is. It's a struggle. Right when I'm in that moment, you know, like, oh, that's, that's what I I said to her. Sorry. I said to her, you know, what upsets me the most, what hurts me the most is when it does happen, right? Like, let's say, like I was telling her how I, you know, I truly believe that the person didn't really care about my safety and you know, like me hurting myself or harming myself. I think they only cared about like finding me and and like what they would have to like say or explain or do when that happened. And I remember saying to her that one of the things that upsets me is I've had a lot of friends or I know a lot of people who have passed from from suicide. And I know, and what bothers me the most is reading the posts on social media of, oh, I wish I would have known or, oh, like, this is such a great loss. Like, I can't believe this person isn't here anymore. And I'm sitting there and I'm just like, 
I want people one day when they say, oh, like, I wish I would have known. I want people to check the logs. Check their phones. And count how many people they texted. And count how many people they called. Because the last time I felt this way, I called four people. And none of them picked up. None of them picked up. And one person I even called more than once. And it was someone I love. And they didn't pick up. You know, it's, it's really hard to read those posts where they were like, oh, like, I wish I would have known or I wish I would have been there. Chances are they probably tried to tell you. Chances are they probably tried to call you. If you ever get a random call from someone, pick up the phone. If somebody reaches out to you who hasn't spoken to you in months or years, pick up the phone. You know what? Like, this is like, if I, if I could give like one piece of advice right now, and, and there may be a lot of advice in this, in this particular episode, but the first piece of advice I want to like give to people is just always pick up your phone. You never know who is on the other side of that phone call. Or what state of mind they're in. Somebody could be calling you because they feel like, they may feel like, hey, you know what? I may have talked, I may not have spoken to this person in months, but I did always care about them and I always appreciated them for this, this, and this. Pick up the phone, people. Just always pick up the phone, no matter what time it is. Like, no matter, like, if it's random, like, fucking pick up the phone. You never know if that would have been the, that person's last phone call. You don't know. But if you don't pick up the phone, you're going to regret it later. You're going to be posting that post on social media saying, oh, I wish I would have picked up the phone when so-and-so called. Yeah. The more I think about it, Someone really close to me, someone that I love incredibly dearly, somebody that I'm, you know, that I cherish more than anybody in the world, lost a friend. And I remember one of the things he said to me when he was talking about it was, oh, that friend called me a few weeks ago and I didn't pick up the phone. And... I know that pain. I know that pain. And I wish, again, that I could take away his pain because I know what it's like to call somebody and not have them pick up the phone. And they're probably thinking something along the lines of, oh, they just want attention or, oh, they just want money or, oh, they just want this or, oh, they're asking for something. But what they could be asking you for is to save them. They could be asking you to save them in that moment. They could be asking for help in that moment. You don't know 
what they're asking for. So tonight a random stranger just saved my life. And I was telling her, I was like, you know, with all of this, with everything happening, like what people don't understand is that when it comes to thoughts like this, we don't necessarily want to die. We don't necessarily want to like leave this world. Like a lot of people are like, oh, like, you know, you're just trying to like, you know, again, people look at it as we're just trying to end the pain or we're just trying to get attention or we're just trying to do this. And another thing I had said to like her was like, you know, when we call these hotlines, people just give us advice like, oh, like, well, you know, you deserve better or, you know, like you should do this, you should do that. Logic is out the window. Logic is completely out the window at this point. We're not looking for practical answers. We're not looking for practical solutions. You know, like I could sit here and say, these are all the things that are bothering me today. And yeah, I need to figure them out. And yeah, I need to sort them out. And yeah, I need to eventually come up with a solution. But that's not where I'm at right now. Do you know where I'm at right now? Right now, mentally, I'm at, how do I survive the next minute? How do I survive the next hour? How do I survive the night? Or if like, you know, if sometimes you're having these thoughts early in the day, you're thinking, how do I make it to the rest of the day? So right now, I'm not looking for a solution to my problems. I'm not looking for the answers. I'm not looking for how to fix it or if I even can fix it. I'm looking to survive. Yeah, I know I have to fix a lot of relationships with family and friends. Like, yeah, I know I've done a lot of damage. Yeah, I know I have work to do. Yeah, I know I have customers. And I have bills to pay. And I have to like figure out a living situation. Like I know I have a lot that I need to get answers for. I need to find answers for. And I need to find solutions for. I know I have a ton of problems that all need to be solved. But right now, the only answer the only thing I'm looking for is how do I survive the night? How do I survive tonight? And that's what people don't realize when we, and that's why I've always hated calling those hotlines because when I call, they're just like, oh, well, you know, you should end the relationship or, oh, you know, you should quit the job or, oh, you know, you should, you know, like go back to like self-care and you should take care of yourself and you should do this and you should do that. You know, you should get therapy. You know, you should get help. Yeah, you're right. I know these things. Of course, I fucking know these things. I know that that's what I should do. Are you going to tell me how? How do I fix this? 
Yeah, I need to fucking fix my life. How? But guess what? That doesn't even matter right now. What matters is how do I make it to the morning? How do I make it to 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. or 8 a.m., whatever time I wake up in the morning? How do I get to that point? That's my concern right now. Because you're talking about, I have to survive the next eight hours. And I have to worry about what's going to happen in the next eight hours. Is there going to be someone or something that pushes me over the edge? What if I'm fine for right now, but then at 11 o'clock at night, I get a text message that's hurtful or painful or frustrating or stressful? What if something happens and I lose money or, you know, like, who knows? What if a fire breaks out where I live? What if I get bad news? What if the next thing is the thing that sends me over? What then? I literally sit here and worry about what's going to happen in the next hour. In the next two hours. And then the next three hours. I sit here and worry about what's going to happen tomorrow morning when I wake up. What am I going to wake up to? There is no easy answer. So right now, the only thing I can worry about, the only thing on my mind is, how the fuck do I survive? And that's also the sucky part of the situation as a whole, of being depressed, of having the anxiety and depression, because when it gets to this point, when it gets to the point where people start to have suicidal thoughts, and again, even if it's not every day, even if it's once in a while, even if they have it once a week or twice a week or once a month, do you know what their first question always is? How do I survive? And you know what? I don't mean first question as in first question, like first question. I mean like when they finally get to a point where the thoughts stop, right? Like when I finally got to a point in the conversation with this woman where she asked me like, are you still having those thoughts right now? And I said, no. And she goes, okay. And I was like, but I'm still worried. And right now the thoughts that I'm having is, how do I survive the night? And she said, that's fair. And she was like, do you want us to follow up with you in the morning? I was like, yeah. Like if you could, that would be amazing. How do we survive? Because that's all I've been trying to do. For the last, like, couple of months. 
That's all I've been trying to do. So this is why I resonate with the show Teen Wolf so much. Because again, it's like they say, we we resort back to survival instincts. Because we're just trying to figure out how to live in a world that is constantly trying to prey on us. Whether it's prey on, on our emotions or prey on our well-being or prey on us physically, right? Like, chain of command. I mean, humans are at the top of the food chain, so nobody really preys on us to eat us unless you're a cannibal, but that's not the point that I'm trying to make. The point is, in a world that is constantly preying on us, in a world where humans are predators, just as much as animals are predators in the animal kingdom. How do you survive? Survival instincts are what kick in. Fight or flight. And there are some days where I do try and fight and there are some days where I do try and push through. But then there are nights like tonight where all I want to do is just run run away from it all and just not be here. Just get me off of this earth. Just get me off of this God-awful like planet. Just get me out of this place. Earth sucks. This lifetime sucks. This timeline sucks. This universe sucks. Wish I could be in an alternate reality right now. So my goal is to survive the night. Ask me how I'm doing in the morning. And um, again, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm super, super grateful because... Um, yeah, I had that. And you know what doesn't help? It doesn't help when the people who are causing you stress, the people who are bringing you to this place where you feel these things and have these thoughts sends you a message while you're on a hotline saying awful things to you or mean things to you. And you're just like, yo. I'm on a fucking suicide hotline trying to figure out how I'm going to make it through the fucking night and I'm being stressed out. Like, I've already got enough stress. I've, I've already got enough stress with, like, work and with my living situation and with, like, relationships and, again, and family and, and everything. Like, I'm struggling to maintain anything. I'm struggling to hold on to the very little that I have because I don't have anything. I feel like I don't have anything. And so not only am I struggling to hold on to the little that I do have, I'm struggling to, like, survive. 
And people don't get that. Um, I think I'm at the point where I should probably go to sleep. Because I want to try and make it through the night. And we'll see where I am in the morning, but right now I'm not so good. And um, the nice young lady was just like, I know it's hard right now. And I know that you may not want to, but try and find one thing that you can do that will help you make it through the night. She said, try and find one thing that you could do every day, something that's easy to do, something that will help you. And she's like, even if it's small, she said, don't focus on trying to do too much too fast. She's like, don't try and focus on doing it all at once. Do one thing, one thing and focus on that. So, tonight it was the podcast. Mostly because I told her about it. And because maybe there's somebody out there tonight that is going through the same thing that I'm going through. And maybe there's somebody out there that is also just trying to survive the night. And if that person somehow stumbles across this tiny little podcast, you're not alone. That's the whole premise of this podcast is for that people to know that they're not alone. And, oh, and that was the other thing I said to her. That what kills me the most is that I was always the strong friend that people would turn to. I was always the friend where, I was always the friend that gave advice, right? Like, I was always the friend that if somebody was in an an abusive relationship, they'd come to me. If somebody was in a stressful situation, they would come to me. If somebody needed help, they'd come to me. If somebody needed advice, they came to me. If somebody needed strength, they came to me. I was that person that people would go to because I was strong, because I was confident and honest and real and helpful and loyal and loving and I care about people. And I'm always willing to help. So what do you do when you're supposed to be the example of all of these things? And you can't be that anymore, but there's nobody there to help you. Because you were the strong one in the circle. You spend so much time trying to be that strong person. You spend so much time trying to help others. And then it's it's like they say, who's there to help you? 
when you're the pillar, when you're the foundation, when you're at the core of it all, and you're finally falling apart, who helps you? Because you've helped all of these people and they've gone on their merry way. They've gone on to live their lives. They've they've gone on to move up and on to bigger and better things, right? You help someone grow their business. Their business takes off. And everything that you help them grow and develop, they use elsewhere. Or somebody else reaps the rewards. You help somebody, you know, become a better person. And they take that and they become, like, a better friend or a better relative or a better whatever to the next person. You help someone financially and then when you ask for help for, for like from them financially, they're like, oh, why don't you have money? Did I ask you why you didn't have money when I was helping you? No, I just helped you. Did I expect anything in return? No. I didn't need that person to pay me back. I don't need anybody to pay me back. But if they did so, I appreciated it. But I'm not, I don't help people financially. I don't help people in any way to get something back in return. I do it because I care about them and I I love them and I want to see them be okay. But who wants to see me be okay? Who's there to help me be okay? So what do you do? What do you do when you're with, when you were that person and you're not that person anymore? What do you do when you were the strength and you're not strong anymore and nobody's there to help you? I'm almost at the point where it's like I'm tired of helping people grow and and like see their own worth and see their own value. I'm t- I'm like I'm tired of helping people become like the best versions of themselves only to be like cool things and leave me be- like leave me behind it's almost like hey let's grow that business together let's market you and put you in a position that shows like how amazing you are as a person and then when they have success and when they the things that you've worked on work in their favor somebody else gets to like reap the reward Or, like, they thank somebody else or they credit somebody else for that effort. And you're just like, what the fuck? (laughs) 35 years on this earth and everything I worked for. Everything that I worked to become. Is all down the drain. And it all seems worthless. 
And it seems unfair. And, uh, I'm sad. Anyway, um, again, I'm truly grateful for the person who stood on the phone with me for an hour. She was so, so nice and so sweet. And she didn't give me any cliche bullshit. And she listened to every word. And, um, she just, she just said, I get it. She's like, we're, I'm not the type of person. She was like, this, this hotline is not the type of hotline where we say those things to somebody like, oh, it'll get better or, oh, it'll be okay. She's like, that's just bullshit. And she was like, excuse my French. And I'm like, no, that's perfect. Like, that's the attitude. That's what I love. Because that's why I started my podcast. Because I had the same feelings. Like, textbook advice is bullshit. Give me the real stuff. Have a real conversation with me. Nobody does that anymore. Because then when they have a real conversation with you, they have a real conversation with themselves. I am definitely going to go to sleep. Because that person has helped me to at least pause the thoughts for a couple of hours and um I guess when I wake up in the morning I'll figure out how to survive tomorrow and I'll figure out how to survive Sunday and I'll just take it moment by moment because it's all I can do but I'm probably gonna die alone And that's the sad truth of it all. We all hope for old and gray. When really. We should just. Hope to not be alone. When our time comes. You know everybody's like. Oh old and gray. They think about old and gray. People equate death with old and gray. But nobody. Stops to think about. Young and alone. This world is shit, man. It really is just not a great place to be. Um... But yeah. Survival. It's the only thing I'm looking for right now. Survival. Have a good night. And um, I hope I'll 
be back soon.